Well, good evening, Water of Life family. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. We can do a little bit better, man. Who's excited that we have an opportunity to be together and to worship together? Outside, the weather's nice. God is good. Um, so family, my name is Jakeem. If we have not met, I am our young adults pastor here. And I'm super pumped for our service tonight. There's a few things that I want to do. There's some announcements I want to go over, as well as I want to give us, um, just remind us of some guidelines for our in-person service gathering, um, just so we can make sure that we are being as healthy and as safe um, for one another as possible. So some of those guidelines are um, keeping our mask on the entire time while we are on campus. Um, I know sometimes it's, you know, it gets uncomfortable and some of us maybe with beards and mustaches or maybe like I said, it just gets uncomfortable. But please, please keep your mask on um, the entire time while you're on campus. Um, another one is please sit with who you came with. Um, I know for, like I said, church is a place where we come and we get a chance to experience community, but let's just kind of like sit together in spirit. But our families who we drove with, who we came with, those are the people um, that we will sit with. Um, the other thing that we want to encourage is um, that we would replace our handshakes and hugs for waves. Okay, so we're going to actually do a, a quick little thing. Is that okay? So um, I want somebody to just give me a handshake real quick, a nice firm handshake. All right. For sure. All right, man, this is, this is a firm handshake. You walk in, you're like, wow, that was a good handshake, right? We all know that good handshake. That's a good handshake. But sometimes we come to church, how many of us know that sometimes a handshake isn't enough? Who, who sometimes needs a good hug at church? Like, we need a really good hug at church. So I need you to just raise both hands for me. Just raise both hands. We're just going to do one giant group hug, okay? Just group hug, wave them together, and this is us. We're group hugging right now. There is a lot of love on this campus right now. Come on, somebody. Um, so... We're going to make sure that we are waving just so we can, um, like I said, we are keeping each other as safe as possible. Lastly, is uh, when we leave, if you can just take the plastic covering on the back of your chair, if you can take it with you and um, dispose it in the bins that are available. Also, because this is our final service, if you could help us at the end of service, just stacking the chairs around you, the chairs that you're sitting in, and maybe even the closest rows, we're going to be stacking them seven high. I'll speak a little bit more to that after, but that's how we're going to be wrapping up service, okay? Well, um, as you guys see, the worship team is behind me, but there are a few announcements that I want to share that if you're, because we're in person, you won't get a chance to see them online, um, but I'll run through those really, really quickly. Um, one of those things is I'm super excited and grateful that we are a part of a church that even in the middle of our social distancing and COVID season and our weekend services have looked different. But the truth is our church has not stopped. So many of our ministries have adapted and um, adjusted to doing ministry continuing able to do it even while we're being social distancing that we haven't stopped and they're doing so many things with next gen and with school of ministry and so many um with city link i'm going to speak to in just a minute there's so many things happening um but we want you to be aware of them we want you to have an opportunity to know what they are what's going on what is how is ministry looking how is um different people being served and cared for um growing in this time and you can do that um, by grabbing or looking at our digital copy of our Fall Grow catalog, okay? So we're not going to be giving out physical, physical copies, but you can check that out on our Water of Life mobile app, and you can check out all the different ministries that are taking place, as well as how are they continuing to do ministry and serve um, our community 
in this season. There's a lot of good things going on. And speaking of certain things that are going on and ministries keeping going, one of those is our CityLink ministry. Um, our City League ministry has continued to touch people, um, serve people, provide um, care for people's needs. It has been amazing. And they have an event coming up at the end of the month that is called Back to School Mobile Spectacular. And what this is, it is our community and CityLink um, pioneering it where our families and stuff are going to come together and we are going to be donating um, backpacks and notebooks as well as other school supplies to help um, provide families that our students are going back to school and are in need. So that's going to be taking place on August 29th. And there's many of ways for us to serve. You can serve, like I said, by volunteering at the event as well as um, donating. And you can find out how to do the donation as well as volunteering um, by going to walludates.com. That's W-O-L-updates.com. Last thing as we're talking about school before we wrap up, um, our next-gen department, not only are students going back to school, and whether that's in person for some, but a lot of them are doing virtually, our students on campus are also moving up and moving on to different ministries. So on this Wednesday, August 5th, our next-gen department is putting together something called the Move Up Celebration. And what that is going to be is this, is a lot of you guys had uh, maybe had fourth graders last year that are new fifth graders. So they're going to be going into a new ministry called 56 with Pastor Jesus. And we have some new seventh graders um, that are going to be now joining a ministry called Activate Student Ministries. And we are creating this space. It's going to be social distantly safe, but it's an opportunity for them to come and experience and get to know the new community and new ministry that they are going to be a part of. It's going to be a fun, interactive, but safe social distant time. And that's going to be right here on the parking lot this Wednesday. So you don't want to miss it. There's so many things taking place around our church um, that we are really, really excited for. Well, family, how about you guys do this for me? Why don't you guys stand up with me? I'm going to pray for us, and then we are going to take a moment to worship together. I think as we just kind of yield our heart and be reminded of this, really this privilege, this beautiful opportunity where we're outside and we get to raise our voices and, and sing, right, and worship the King of King and Lord of Lords. Jesus, Lord, we're so thankful and grateful for who you are. And we're so thankful and grateful for the relationship that we have, that we can worship you freely, that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we just pray that you would be in our time tonight, that you would move, that you would speak. And Lord, as we worship and as the word come forth, that you would just have your way in each of our hearts. Do what only you can do. And we will just have a heart of expectation. So, Lord, we thank you. We love you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, family, let's worship together. Welcome, water of life. Anybody glad to be in church tonight? Come on, let's worship together.
release revelation. You, you want to release your word to set us free tonight. So we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. We love you. We appreciate you this night. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said. How many of you got refreshed just now? This is, worship is so refreshing. I just finished doing a study that we're going to jump into for four weeks after we're going to start First Peter next week. But after that, we're going to do a series on worship and just how refreshing worship is that it brings life back to you, doesn't it? It brings hope back to you where you feel a little hopeless. And I, I just want to, I wanted to stop and say thank you, Natalie. You guys are, all of you are great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was amazing. It was amazing, it was worshipful, it was uplifting, it was life-giving. And you know, the Bible says in um, Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.18 to 20, Paul does this little teaching about psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But it's all about community. It's about, and we love, those of you online, you're part of our community too. There's thousands of you out there but it's about community. And when you worship together in community, there's this supernatural release of the power of God. And I love to worship alone, but worshiping together with you helps me. Amen? So Sherry was gonna tell you to turn around and wave at somebody, so turn around and wave at somebody and bless them. We just transitioned, right? <laughs> that was a slow transition. No, it just takes time, huh? How are you today? I want to welcome all of you online. Welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, and say uh, greetings. And all of you way out there in the outer limits, hello out there in the back. Can you see the screen? The screen's better, isn't it? The screen is amazing, so uh, we bought the screen. So I just want to tell you that we needed a screen at Upland and we had put it in our budget a long time ago to have a screen in Upland. And so this is the screen that's gonna go into Upland. When we get off the patio and we move back inside, and Lord willing, that won't be <laughs> eternity, but we'll see what happens. It's just really great to be with you. Before we jump any further, I wanna stop and just you know, bless and give some props to people. The team was out here. They started at 9 o'clock this morning to set this up. And so we were out here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon doing rehearsals. It was 103 degrees. My iPad shut off. It just said, 
sorry, it's too hot. I touched it, I went, wow, it's hot. It just shut off and it was so hot and they were out here setting up the screens. I mean, we put all this together when we thought we were having a service inside. So the whole thing was gonna be on the teaching monitor. I never do that. And this message kind of came to me one night when I was praying and I thought, you know what, I need to do this, this message, but I didn't mean to do it outside. I, I thought we were going to do it inside, and this was so much work for everybody, and they just, all of them, amazing, amazing job, you know, way to go, Kevin and your whole team, all you camera people, they worked so hard to put the cords down, the screens up, the big screen up, this screen up, cameras up, everything goes up, and um, they, they just did an amazing job, so I also just want to speak really quick to Summer Spectacular, our VBS that we did this week, it was amazing. It was amazing. So typically we have 1,000 students in VBS. This year we only had 500, 550, which was still great. It was a great, great week. So it was like, as the, as the Empowered Kids team said, it was probably one of the very best weeks of VBS that we've ever had because of the way God moved in students. We had 50 students give their lives to Christ, which was amazing. That was great. It was all online. They were in the worship center doing two live sets a day and their parents were bringing them, and some of you parents were bringing your students a way to go because you impacted other students in a huge, huge way. So it was just all the way around a total home run. We typically uh, have a ministry that we honor or try to bless during um, Summer Spectacular VBS. We ask students to sacrifice financially and support other children around the world. And this year it was in Haiti, an orphanage slash mission that we work with in Haiti and they really are wiped out right now. And our goal was to raise $2,500. And the students here, the children in Empowered Kids raised $5,600 to go towards an orphanage. And one of the coolest things was they came in and they did a drive-through offering. <laughs> so they came in and they had a baskets out here and people drove up in their cars and dumped and dumped their money. And they said kids brought their piggy banks and stuff and they dumped their change into a big pot, and it came up to $5,600. So I, I just wanna say, way to go. That's awesome. How many of you know the battle is still on? We need to not retreat, we need to advance. We need to believe for God to do greater things than he's ever done. In spite of all that's going on around us, we need to make some adjustments. We're all trying to adjust. We're gonna talk about that some tonight. But at the end of the day, we need to advance, amen? Not retreat, we need to advance. We need to build the kingdom of God. We need to keep going after people. We need to keep loving all you people online. We just wanna bless you and encourage you and say, listen, God is gonna win. How many of you know that? God is gonna win, it's great. God is gonna win. So we're in the sixth part of the series called Sustaining Your Soul. This is really the, the it was supposed to be five parts. And like I said, one night I was sitting there plowing through this material and I thought, Man, this verse just wouldn't leave me alone. And we're gonna study that verse today. We're gonna to just ch jump into it and walk through. It's the text where Jesus said this, where he said, where do you build your house? Anybody know that, that verse? You know, where do you build your house? You know, a person who builds on the right foundation is gonna flourish. Person who doesn't is gonna have a problem when the storms come. We're gonna talk about that. But we've been talking the last few weeks about, last week we covered anxiety. I tried to talk to you about what is anxiety. It's over-focus. It's when you focus on something too much. 
And we talked last week about over-focusing on things that are not life-giving. And when you just focus and focus and focus and focus on them, your anxiety level just goes up and up and up and what? what? Right through the ceiling, right? And you're not joyful. You're like, ah, I'm dying. But you're over-focusing on the wrong things. So we're going to talk about that again today a little bit about your head and where you put your thoughts. But we've been covering a lot of different things. We've talked about your mind, depression, anxiety, thinking, and living well in the middle of chaos, that it, you can be successful when life is hard. So we talked last week about dragons and dragons, <laughs> like they live inside of you, <laughs> they come and get you, triggers, whatever you want to call them, they're things that, that set each of us off. We talked about how to deal with that. We covered Matthew 6, 25 to 34, and it talks six different times, Jesus said, don't what? To help me, don't what? Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Listen, Jesus says six times, don't worry. That must mean we all have a problem with what? <laughs> we do. We all have a problem with worry. We're like, ah, you know, it just wipes us out. And worry wipes us out. And Jesus is saying, look, at, there's things you can change and there's things you can't change. And I said this to you last week. Fear causes me to focus on what? It's right here. Fear causes me to focus on not on. And I only get how important I am to God when I focus on him. So if I'm focusing on me all the time, friends, my, my whole view of God and my relationship starts to falter because I'm focused on, not on him. And so the reality is, I want to jump in today as we wrap up this series, talk about Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read it together. So I want you to read it loud, even with your mask on. Let's read it loud. Let's read it together. If you're online, all of you online, let's come on. If you're, unless you're in your car, read it loud with me, okay? It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the, on the rock. And the, when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not it didn't fall because it had been founded on the, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish person, a foolish man who built his house on the, and when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, it, and great was the fall. Uh, unfortunately, this is a description of some of our lives right now. The rains, Jesus didn't say if the storms come. He said what? When. when the storms come. The storm's coming. I mean, you're like, Pastor, the storm is here. <laughs> you know, it is. It's here. But the reality is, how are you doing? And the only way you can really answer that, friends, is what's your foundation like? What's the foundation like? What do you build your life on? I had several people come up to me after last service, and they said, you know what's so hard about this? is that I thought I had a strong foundation till everything hit. And then I realized I didn't. It wasn't near as strong as I thought it was. So friends, if we don't take anything home from this season of time, we ought to take this thing home. We need a strong foundation. We need a foundation on Jesus. We need a foundation that doesn't move when the storms come. Because this isn't the last storm, right? This isn't the last storm. This is a storm. This is not the last storm. And so the question is, is, is your foundation what? Is it on the rock? Because Jesus said, build your foundation on what? On the rock. Because the, the storm's coming and the storm is here. So let's talk about 
your foundation because some of your lives look like this. Aren't you glad you don't live in that building? Uh, I mean, that was a real building in China, okay? And they built it on a hill and they put pipes in the ground and the floods came and the building what? Come on, help me. It fell over, are you kidding me? How's your apartment tonight? It fell over last night, you know? How many know this is a bad deal? But the truth is, this is how some of our lives look. We don't have a firm foundation. We got a few pipes that go in the ground. And we're like, where are you, Jesus? Why aren't you doing something for me? Now, here's the reality is, the reality is we want your house to be built on a rock. Jesus said that, not Dan. Your life should be built on a rock. So there's where you want to live. You surf right here, lay on a beach over here. This house is built on a what? I know there's a lot of houses on the internet built on rocks. I just personally like this one, so that's what we went with, okay. But, but, but the goal is to build your house on the what? On the rock. Now, we have our own little house that we're gonna talk about today. So, so the question really is, have you built your house on the rock? So here's our house. It's a little bungalow, not something most of us wanna live in, okay? But trust me, it took a long time to build this little house this week in animation. Okay, so, so when this house got built, a storm came. You might not be able to see it, but there's some raindrops here. And actually, actually when we turn it on and animate it, there's lightning, but I don't think you'll be able to see it. But let me show you what happens in this house, okay? Oh, wow, what just happened? Let's do that again. You, you, come on. This is harder than it looked to build, okay? so. Let's try that again one more time. This is, listen, let me help you with the roof. There you go, thank you. Okay, one more time, we'll do it one more time. There you go, all right. Woo okay, you know what the roof is? It's your head. It's your thought life. When this all came, that's exactly what happened to some of you. It's like your brain blew up. Your life blew up. Your head blew up. You're like, I can't survive. I can't survive. Oh, 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 hold it. When you start to do that, when you start to think like that, watch this. Just some thoughts here. <laughs> We're gonna go off again. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next slide. And let's talk about some of the things that happen when you lose your mind. Because these are really important. What happened to your thoughts when the wind blew? Did they grow what? Because if you've ever been in a real storm when it just starts thrashing, a lot of times your anxiety level just goes up. You go, I'm afraid, things are shaking. Next thought about your thought life, a renewed mind. The Bible says have a renewed mind. A renewed mind is concerned with issues of life that are what? They're long-term, they're eternal. The Bible says they're eternal. They're long-term and they are eternal. So, so is that what's happening with you? By nature, our thoughts tend to dwell on what? Come on, help me, what is it? Now, it's the moment. We're not thinking like, what does the future look like? What does eternity look like? Friends, if you wanna look at people in the Bible, the reason they survived was because they weren't focused on now, they were focused on eternity. They were like, look at the moment is rough, but eternity is worth it. It's worth it. It says that over and over and over in the Bible. You look at a guy like Paul and you're like, how did the guy survive? Well, watch, he did this, he wrote this. He said, we are called to set our minds on things, what? Above us. 
not down here. Now, here's the truth, and I said this to you last week. Too many of you spend all of your time setting your roof, your mind, on things what? Below. On things that are just going to disappear anyway, and you're like, why am I so unhappy? Why is it so difficult? See, the truth is it's difficult because I'm not setting my mind on things what? Above on things above me, on things that are eternal, on things that I ought to be thinking about. Now watch this, because this word, set our minds, is really important. It has to do with meditating on the word, sitting in the word, praying over the word, thinking about the word. The word is phroneo. It means to think on or set in. It's kind of like this. Think about a microwave. Microwave. A lot of you use them all the time, right? How many know they're really fast? And how many of you know crockpots are really slow? But you're called to be a crockpot. I mean, you're just supposed to sit in it. You're just supposed to stay. You're just supposed to stay. You're just supposed to stay. You're just supposed to sit in it. The word phroneo literally means just to marinate in it, pray over it, walk through it, be in it, and be in it, and be in it. Just stay in. Now, how many of you know that most of us don't do that today. We're too busy. We're like, I fly in and I fly out. I talk to so many people, they're like, Pastor Dan, I have my quiet time on the freeway on the way to work. <laughs> uh, you're not froneoing, friends. Because if you are, you're killing somebody else in the lane next to you. No, really, if you're, if you're sitting with Jesus, if you're staying in with him, you gotta take time. I, I tell stories a lot about going to the side of the mountain but I learned a lesson years and years and years ago, like 40 years ago now almost. I just used to drive to the end of Haven Avenue, park my car, get up and walk and sit on a rock. Why? Because I didn't understand even at that time, but I was froneoing. I was sitting in Jesus. I was making time. And I was a school teacher. I had to be at class, but I would get up two hours early and go sit on the side of the hill. Why? Because I needed two hours to get my heart right so I could survive the classroom. <laughs> so it was really like that in those days. It was pretty tough. I was in Pomona. It was rough. Okay, so we'll keep going. I mean, come on. I cut one kid off the basketball team and he shot at me with a 22. We'll keep going. Okay, so the reality was this, though. The reality is no matter what you're doing for a living, Jesus said that is not your identity. Your identity is not your job. You're not a teacher, an architect, a lawyer, a truck driver, a stay-at-home mom. That's not a stay-at-home dad. That's not who you are. You are a son or daughter of Jesus if you know him. You're a child of the king, and you drive a truck to make a living. You're a child of a king, and you teach a class to make a, a living. That's what you like to do. That's what your skill is. But that is not who you are. Who you are, your identity is in Christ. He is your strong, firm foundation. And if you build on that, and that's your identity, if you get laid off from being a truck driver, you don't lose your mind. Your little roof doesn't blow off. So sleep on that one tonight, okay? And think about that because phroneo is so important. It's so important that you stay in and you stay in. So the question is, how are you doing? Because so many people are anxious. Let's go to the next slide. Jump in this and watch. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war. This is a bit of a review for those of you who haven't been with us. Covered this a couple weeks ago. We don't wage war as the world does. War, friends, goes on in your mind. 
It starts in your head. Spiritual battle starts in your head, moves into your heart. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the what? Of the world. But what? On the contrary, they have divine power, supernatural power. When I sit with Jesus, it demolishes strongholds. When I sit with Jesus and I marinate and I meditate and I sit in the word and I worship, it breaks strongholds. It sets me free. It refreshes my spirit. It puts me into the place where I can build a deep and strong foundation. We demolish arguments, every petition that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take what? This is such an important word. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Captive. It literally means to put it in a cage. I, Pastor Marcus did a great job with that a couple weeks ago. But it means to put your thoughts in a cage like a wild animal. Does anybody have thoughts like a wild animal sometimes? Yes. Raise your hand because we all do. We have thoughts that are like, where did that come from? What is that about? And literally the Bible says, grab those things and cage them up. Because if you don't, they'll blow your head off. They'll blow you up really bad. And so when you start to look at this, let's keep going and jump into the next one. Clever arguments and powerful personalities will never what? They'll never free you. It's the power of God that you need. And friends, I learned this a long time ago. I had this prophetic word spoken over my life. 1989 by Dan Sneed in Kona, Hawaii. Never met the guy, sitting at the back of a group of about 100 people. And Dan just says, he starts speaking over Gail and I. And he said, listen, you are going to have favor with people you should never have met. You're going to get to know people you should never know. You're going to, and it happened. So I end up knowing people I should never know. I end up friends with people I should never be friends with. I watch people on television that I know personally and know them well. And I, I was sitting in Australia one night and two or three people came on the TV that I knew. I said, yeah, I know that guy. Look, you don't know him. I go, yeah, he's in my cell phone right here. Here's his <laughs> cell phone number right here on my phone. I know that guy. I know that person, I know that lady. Oh, that song came on the radio. Oh yeah, I know her. You don't know her. Yeah, I, I, here's her cell phone number right here. Listen, here's the deal. You know what I figured out with all these people that I've met that, I, that are what you would consider famous? None of them changed my life, ever. None of them have ever changed my life, ever. One person changed my life, Jesus. Only Jesus. All the other people make your heart flutter and make you go, oh. They don't change your life. That goes away really fast. They don't change your life. You figure out quickly they're just like you, put their pants on one leg at a time or their skirt or whatever they're putting on. Or, but, 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 but they don't change you. It doesn't matter how well they sing or if they're an actor, or they're a famous person in an arena. It doesn't matter. Only Jesus changes people. You gotta get that. And if you get that, you'll build your foundation on that. When you build your foundation on that, everything happens. See, when Jesus says, listen, do your thoughts line up? Does your roof line up with the word of God? Are you dwelling on things that are, that are permanent, that are eternal? Is your value in your life, is it long lasting or is it for the moment? Is it like, man, I gotta remodel the bathroom. That's the most important thing in my life. Really? Remodeling the bathroom is the most important thing in your life. Something's wrong with that foundation, friends. Come on, help me. And maybe you can't even buy toilet paper to put in your remodel bathroom now. I don't know. But do, do you understand what I'm saying? That's, a, that's not a firm foundation. The, Jesus said you're foolish if you do that. And so he, here's the thought. Is there chaos in your life? 
If there's chaos in your life, you are not taking captive your thoughts. You're not controlling your roof. Your head's getting blown off, and you wonder what's wrong. So clever arguments, powerful personalities are never going to heal you. They're never going to fix you. They're never going to free you. And, 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 watch this. Most of the stuff that you're watching on television and the Internet right now is not helping you either. I talked to you about that last week, but, but let's just look at this verse again because this is a great verse. Proverbs 14, 15, New Living Translation. A wise person, remember Jesus said, a wise person builds their house on the rock. A wise person is hungry for what? Knowledge of God. The heart of the Father, they sit and they set their mind on the heart of God while a fool feeds on. Some of you need to print this verse and tape it to your television and your, your computer. Come on, really? You do. Because you spend so much time feeding on. And when you feed on trash, friends, you look like trash. <laughs> Man, Pastor, that's really rough. Yeah, you act like trash. No, no, no. Listen, you got to just get this. You got you to get this. The Bible talks over and over about where do you feed? What do you drink from? If you're sitting with Jesus, if you're marinating in Jesus, if you're walking with Jesus, then you are going to flourish in difficult days. But if you are consuming trash, you're going to feel like trash whenever things get hard. That's what's happening to some of you. So, so let's keep going and think about some of these things because it's really important. You, you lost your mind here. This will begin to shift your thinking from earthly to heavenly, thinking from now to eternity. Next thought is our thoughts are attacked every day. We watch the news, social media. So last week I said this to you, if you weren't here, take two weeks off from the news. Are you kidding, Pastor Dan? That's impossible. No, it's not. Take two weeks off from social media and the news and see if you don't feel happier. See if your joy level doesn't go up. Take that time and focus on Jesus. Take that time and phroneo, sit in the presence of the Lord and worship. Get yourself positioned in a place where God can bless you and pour out life on you. Because friends, if you are, if you are just consuming trash, you're never gonna feel life. And Jesus wants you to feel life. So he literally says this to you, stop, stop. So here's a big challenge for you, take two weeks off. If you haven't already started, take two weeks off. I had a bunch of people text me last week and say, okay, you're like the third pastor I've heard say that recently. Because you need to do it. No, you need to do it. You need to really consider doing it. So let's keep going. Here's, here's where this goes. Oh, we just lost the wall here. <gasps> yeah, our house is disappearing, isn't it? You know, maybe that was your job. I mean, come on, really, if that's your job, that's a huge wall, isn't it? It's part of your house. You're like, oh, I lost my job. But, 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 but hold, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You didn't lose your life. You didn't lose your savior. You didn't lose your king. And then, therefore, you did not lose your hope if your foundation is on your king because he's the one who should be giving you hope. Now, you are not a teacher. You are a child of God who teaches. You are not an architect. You are a son or a daughter of God who architects. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your identity needs to be in your king and the kingdom of God, not in your work. And guys, I'm talking to you because we do this way, way, way more than women typically. 
We find our identity in our job, what we do. So you say to somebody, hey, tell me about yourself. We go right to our job. What about Jesus? What about the kingdom of God? What about you and him? Where do you live with Jesus? Who are you as a son or daughter of the most high king? How is your identity focused on that? Because see, when you lose your job, and friends, listen, I, I remember I took this classroom once in North Idaho, and the teacher that I replaced had been fired the year before because she was an environmentalist, and she was talking about saving the trees, and they called her a tree hugger in North Idaho. And that's a tough thing to be whenever all your students make their living off the forest. Every single family in the classroom did one of two things. They either farmed or logged. That's all they did. And bless the poor lady's heart, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So the students all rebelled against her. They got her fired. She ended up going to the state Supreme Court in Idaho. It was a mess. I walked into that the day before school started, interviewed for her job, not knowing what I was doing. Got hired for her job. And I'll never forget whenever I walked in the classroom, the students went off on me and they're like, dude, we got her fired. We'll get you fired. I go, man, I just came out of Ganesha High School in Pomona and the kids there shot at me after class. I don't think that, and you know what I said to them though? I really just said this. I, I, I was looking for a job when I found this one. I can go find another job. My life is not my job. I like what I do. I had a master's degree in education. I was a coach. My life was not my job. My relationship with Jesus identifies who I am as a person. When you start to see your house dismantled, friends, this is when you figure this out. Let's keep going because we're going to lose some more walls here. Uh-oh, now we're down to two walls and no roof. You lost your health. Oh, man, this is huge for some of us right now. So afraid. Listen, do the right things. Wear your mask. Protect yourself. Be wise. Be wise, but don't live in fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You cannot live in fear and be joyful. Fear and faith do not reside in the same house. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do all the right things. I get a lot of us are in a place of, you know, high risk and all of that. Friends, when, when this whole thing burst open on the scene, I, I got the red flag from my doctor. Right away it came in and said, you are in the high risk group. You had a stroke three years ago. You lost your kidney. You are in danger. Beware, beware, beware. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to use hand sanitizer. I'm going to be aware. I am not going to be afraid. Because being afraid doesn't bring any life to me. I'm just going to do the right things and then stay with Jesus and stay with Jesus. Has this been difficult for all of us? Yes, 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 yes. But don't live in fear. Don't live in fear for your health, your job. Don't live in fear because you can't live in faith when you're living in fear. If you, if you do that, friends, you're never going to have a strong foundation. Okay, we're going to lose another wall here, and we're going to get out of here really quick. You lose your rhythm. Anybody lost their rhythm during this season? By that I mean your vacation, your expectations, the things you were hoping for, maybe hoping in, they just disappear. That happen to anybody? Like five of you, okay. Then the rest of you are great, man. <laughs> you know, you don't go to the gym. You don't need your hair cut, your nails done. You don't need, anybody miss those things? I mean, that's your rhythm in life. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. That's just like, hey, I get up, I go to the gym. 
No gym. Can't go to the gym. I get up. I like to have a haircut. Can't have a haircut. Well, get up and want to go get to the nail salon. Can't go to the nail salon. Get up and want to go out to dinner. Really can't do that very well. Now you can go outside and eat, but, 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 but for so long you couldn't. Your vacation. Some of you are planning on going overseas. You're not going overseas. They wouldn't even want Americans overseas anymore. <laughs> do you know? I was talking to my friends in Australia yesterday, and they're like, you can't come here. <laughs> You have more COVID cases in your county than we have in our whole country. <laughs> you know? I'm like, okay, we love you too. The Australians are listening to us right now, so I have to be careful. <laughs> no, you know what's so funny is, is the reality is this. There's a rhythm to life. I live in a rhythm all the time. I have a routine, even through the year. I was sitting this morning, and I was doing some study, and I was looking at Christmas. At Christmas. I looked at Christmas, my heart just went like this. Christmas is such an awesome time. You would put up the Christmas tree. Families hug and take pictures under the Christmas tree. Yeah, I mean, I just looked at that. And I go, come on, Jesus, fix this quick. You know, because really, there's, we've lost a lot of big things, haven't we? It's been a lot of things that you wanted to do. I mean, some of you, this wall of losing your rhythm, you want me to write Disneyland here. Because that's what you were really hoping in, and it's gone. So let's keep going. All right. We've got one more wall, and it's this thing. How many of you lost relationships with people that you miss? Man, I'll tell you what. I'll just put my hands up really high because for me, I live on relationship, and I miss people from church. I miss the relationships at church. I miss a men's barbecue and having a 1,000 guys at my house. I miss going to Bible study. I miss walking into EK and have a little kids just yell at you and go, hey, Pastor Dan, and just hug people and hug kids. And I miss that. I love relationships with people. And, and the, right now, they're all gone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the, friends, these are the walls that build your life. And when you lose them, you find out what this is really built on. What is your foundation resting on? Is it on the rock or is it on the sand? Because that's such an important, important question to ask right now. Let's wrap this up. You're down to the foundation. You start to figure out how you're living. Some of you are there right now. And you're like, I'm not doing too good. Let's go to the next slide here. This is when you start to really look at where you live, what you've been building your life on. Has it been eternal? Or some of you, friends, please get this. Some of you need to use this season of time to reconstruct your foundation, to really revisit your journey with God and really say, this could be such a big time for you, a life-changing moment in your destiny if you would revisit how you're building your life and what is your foundation on. So when you look at this, was it temporary or was it what? I mean, this is, Jesus made this really black and white. You gotta get that. It's really black and white. It's not, listen, it's not maybe hanging in the gray. He said either your life is on the rock or it's on the sand and you get washed away. So all of us, you know, I'm, when I did this study and I was reading this, I thought, man, I, I find myself sometimes with one foot in each world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think my foundation's super strong and then I start to question things and I go, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I need to take that thought captive because I want my foundation to be strong. When that starts to happen to me, here's the red flag I see. I need to get alone with God and be still. Froneo. I need to sit with God 
marinate with God, meditate on God, go to prayer, go to the word, go to worship, and let God's spirit speak to me. Do you, do you get this? Okay, we're just gonna land a plane right now, watch this, because here's where you wanna live. I wanna show you how you, you're supposed to live right here, right here, okay? So you got the cartoon graphics this week, you know, for, for church. I don't ever do this, but I wanted to do it one time. Let's go to the next slide. Because everywhere in the Bible, it says that Jesus is our what? Our rock. Watch this. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 4. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same they all drank the same drink. Where did their drink come from? Watch. They drank from the spiritual that accompanied them, and that rock was... Now, we'll leave this up for just a second. I want you to get this, because this is a big deal for a Jew, and Paul was a Jew when he wrote this. You know, he was always a Jew, but he was a Jew when he wrote this. They drank from the spiritual rock that what? There was a Jewish tradition Paul was referencing there that the rock actually followed them through the desert. That after Moses struck the rock and the water came out of the rock, that the rock didn't go away. This is Jewish tradition. But the rock actually followed them around the desert. And that's what Paul is referencing here when he says that the spiritual rock accompanied them and the rock was... Come on, it doesn't get any more clear than that, friends. The rock is what? It's Jesus. Build your life on the, over and over, the Bible says this. Look at these verses. Oh, there you go. That's so great. Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my what? He's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Next text. Isaiah 26, 4. Trust the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord is the of eternity. Kind of set your mind on things above. Your life will be built on the rock. 1 Samuel 2, 2, there's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. 2 Samuel 22, 2, the Lord is my what? My fortress and my deliverer. My God is my what? In whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, the refuge, my savior. He is my rock. The last, watch this. 1 Corinthians 3.11, each one of us should be careful how we build, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is what? It's Jesus. Friends, there's just one foundation. Everything else is sinking sand. It disappears. You've got to figure this out. There's one foundation. It's Jesus Christ. I said this to you last week. I said this to you last week. This is an amazing thought. God is never afraid. Never afraid. God has never been afraid of anything in eternity, ever. So when I sit, when I froneo with God, and I sit with God, and I sit with God, and I sit with God, my fear goes away. My fear goes away because God's never afraid. When I watch television, the news, my fear doesn't go away, it what? It grows. It does, it grows, my fear grows. I have people come to me all the time, I go, 
What are we going to do, Pastor Dan? The election's coming. What's going to happen with this? Last week, the Supreme Court ruled that casinos can stay open in Las Vegas and churches have to stay closed. What's happened to us? It's scary. Okay, I get that. It's scary. But you don't have to be afraid. Because God has a future. I don't know the future. You don't know the future. I know this. God holds a future. I need to stay in Jesus. I need to stay in Jesus. You need to stay in Jesus. You need to build your foundation on the rock. So if you're at home, I want you to bow your head. If you're here, the patty, I want you to bow your head right now. And I want you to just take a moment and ask yourself a hard question. Where have you built your foundation? building on your job, on your bank account, building on some relationship, somebody that you're really crazy about? Is it for now or is it forever? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us. Those of us at home right now, just trying to sort this out, those of us here on the patio, just say, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us. Father, you've never been afraid. When we phronail you, when we sit in your presence, Lord, you remove our fear. You give us faith, God, and you put us into a strong, strong foundation. Storms are coming. This is not going to be the last storm. Father, I pray for us that our takeaway from this season of time, God, our takeaway would be our foundation. If the roof comes off, our thoughts get blown up, and the walls fall down, our job, our relationships, rhythm in life, everything disappears. That we look up and say, look at me, I'm okay. Everything's stripped away, but I'm okay. I built my, my house on the rock. So Holy Spirit, we come to you right now and we just say, God, help us. Help us not to live in fear, but to live in faith, Father. Help us to feed on your thoughts, Lord, not on the world's. To shut off the television, the social media for a couple weeks and, and just let you work. Remind us, Father, of Proverbs 15, 14, a wise person is hungry for you, for your heart, Father. But a fool feeds on trash. Help us to be people who feed on you, God. Drink that spiritual drink from the spiritual rock. Jesus, we just want to say thank you that you're never, you're never surprised. You're not surprised right now by what we're going through. You're not surprised by what's going to come next. You're never surprised. You're never caught off guard. You want us to build our life on you, that we would have a firm foundation. So we pray, Holy Spirit, transformation, change our foundations, God. If they're in the wrong stuff, build, Holy Spirit, build your foundation in us as we sit in your presence in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. If you need prayer, you're here. If you're online, we wanna invite you to just chat into the chat room. We have pastors there for you. We want to minister to you, pray with you, if you're here on the patio, there's a team here in the 
Empowered Kids Building, that you be socially distanced, that have masks on. They'd love to pray for you. Some of you need prayer right now. You need to really take this time, capture the moment, and let God rebuild your foundation. Amen? Just don't forget that crazy little roof blowing off. Have a great week this week. We love you. God bless.